Global Becoming One podcast. We are Brad and Kate. In our more than 20 years of marriage, we've survived both dark times and experienced restoration. Now, as a licensed marriage counselor and relationship coaches, we help couples to regain hope and joy. We invite you to journey with us as we are still becoming one. Let's start the conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Still Becoming One podcast. We are really excited to have you all back today. Mm -hmm. We are talking about actually a listener's question. Uh, I'm going to try and tackle and answer a listener's question. Actually, we had several questions on this topic. Yeah. So we um, had several people listening to our Growing Emotional Intimacy Mm -hmm. podcast and reach out and ask us some more questions about how do we actually do this. And guys, we love hearing from you. We would love to uh, hear from anyone if you have questions or thoughts. Um, You know what? We would love to just hear what you're enjoying about the podcast if you're listening. So Um, Mm -hmm. certainly shout out to us, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram, you can find us at still becoming one on both of those, Mm -hmm. or you can also email us at help at still becoming one.com. We would love to hear from anyone, but we want to dive into our questions tonight. Yeah. And I think it was several people with the same sort of thought of it's great. So you've told us like grow your emotional intimacy and you've even said here is a chart of emotions because sometimes we just need more language to help us be able to express what's going on. But then there are sometimes you can look at that list and you're still just as baffled as before. Sure. And that's what most of the questions were about of like, well, okay, I have the list, but I still look at it and I have no idea. Right. Right. So just getting the word wasn't helping to actually identify what was going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I still say that that is a way that we can work on growing our emotional intimacy is by looking at something like an emotional word chart. Um, mm-hmm. I have one on our resource page at aldrichministries.com slash resources mm-hmm. um, that you can look at and get a whole really healthy list of emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that can be very helpful. But somebody was specifically saying, hey, I've got this list of, of things, but I still don't know what it is I'm feeling. Yeah. And so just feeling stuck in there and mm-hmm. and not even knowing. And in fact, this was a guy who said, I just, I just really don't know that I'm having mm. emotions, right? Mm. In this kind of idea. And I think here's the first part. You are. You are having emotions. You do have them. Mm-hmm. You are wired for them. They're created in you. And I even pushed back in the last episode on emotional intimacy on this idea that men somehow have less. Mm. Uh, Right now in our culture, right now, we tend to expect men to be less emotional, uh, but that is a cultural thing, not Mm -hmm. a genetic one. So we absolutely can um, learn how to have emotions Mm -hmm. and and do that well. Yeah, I think that's very true. The other thing, I don't know that we mentioned it last time, hopefully I'm not repeating myself, (laughs) is that I think as a culture and as well specifically as a church culture, we tend to assign good and bad emotions. Yeah. And I actually think 
we need to move towards understanding emotions are emotions. There's no good or bad emotion. Correct. What we do with them can be something that is good or something that is unhealthy and bad, but there are no emotions that are actually bad. So I do think sometimes we look at that sheet and we know we feel something that is in the range of anger. And right. there's lots of different ones that are listed there. But that's really hard to admit because we're taught if you're angry, you're bad. Angry is bad. Yeah. Right. So part of this challenge here is to be aware of what I always call as blanket emotions. They're kind of the easy ones that we all go to at times. So that would be things like anger, sadness, irritability. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the negative ones, if you will, right? The harder ones like those. Mm-hmm. But even emotions like happy is mm-hmm. kind of a blanket, easy emotion to go to. Mm-hmm. And I call them blankets because they often kind of cover over the more nuanced emotions that are sometimes harder to describe mm-hmm. and harder to understand, right? Like trying to understand the difference between what is angry and what is outraged or incensed or furious or grouchy, mm. right? Like those are all somewhat different. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we just stick with the I'm angry, mm-hmm. it, it it almost prevents us from going to that deeper level of trying to figure out what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think that's true for sure. The emotions that I think we're, so I don't want to leave them the good or bad, but that we are more excited to experience. Mm-hmm. So happy or joyful or whatever those may be, I think also we tend to just put in a, a one sort of box category. Yep, absolutely. That's exactly true. And part of this is if we're going to learn how to identify our emotions, we have to start being aware that we are experiencing them, even Mm. if we don't have names for them, Mm -hmm. and start challenging ourselves to look at what's going on in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And I think I may have said this in the last podcast too. Like I, I live, when I'm coaching, when I'm counseling, I live in this world of emotions, and yet when it happens to myself, I don't automatically know what I'm feeling, mm. right? It, yeah. I've, there's lots of times that I've said to you, like, yes, I'm feeling emotional, mm-hmm. and, and I don't even really know what that is. I'm just going to need to spend some time trying to work through whatever that is. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like, though? Because I think I don't know what I'm feeling, and I need to spend some time, but that's probably not something... Most people are accustomed to, sure, because that means we have to sit. We have to sit in our in emotion, it. and we don't actually have words for it. Sure, that's probably not a super comfortable place for people. Yeah, yeah, I I think that is exactly right, and that's probably something I've learned over the years to do a little bit more of to sit with the uncertainty and and mm. to look at. And this is part of what I want to encourage people to do is look at what are the thoughts that are going through your head. Hmm. Positive thoughts, negative thoughts. What, where are they? Where are they coming from? What are the words that you're speaking over yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, what are the things that are coming out? Are they more in the category of you know upset and angry? Are they more frustrated? Are they more sad and disappointed? Those kind of things. 
So you starting to to look at, hey, there are these thoughts going on in my head and mm-hmm. processing through what those thoughts are actually starts you in a journey of trying to figure out what the feelings might be behind them. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think it's also really helpful if you're on this journey of trying to give more language to your emotions to remember that every single day we encounter things that bring up emotions. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I want you to like every single moment of every single day to be trying to figure out what you're feeling. That could be exhausting and overwhelming. However, being aware is a part of any person's personal health, your mental health, just being aware of yourself. And so on a daily basis, if you are experiencing something, just being able to stop, slow down the process and say, what do I feel right now? I know that sounds crazy, but that is the process that is going to allow you to be aware that you are feeling something. Sure. And then trying to figure out what it is. Are you always going to? No. And that's okay. Right. There are times I'm just like, I I do not know what I'm feeling right now, but I can feel this going on in my body mm-hmm. or I know this happened um, and I can try to process it because I think part of the issue with not understanding one's emotions, which we all are on a journey with that, is that we have shut them down in one way or another through the years of our life. Correct. And then it's really hard to bring them back into a space of light where we can see them and we can know what they are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We we have gone a long way in kind of trying to avoid feelings for many people, right? Mm -hmm. We've, We've lived a lot of time just overall avoiding them. And so trying to figure out, all right, what is it I'm doing to avoid them? Mm -hmm. Right. There, there are times, and this is one of the things I do a lot in in, when I'm coaching, um, whether it be dealing with unwanted sexual behaviors or other addictive type behaviors, there are things that a lot of times we do Mm -hmm. because we're feeling something and we don't want to feel something. And so then we go to these activities um, to just distract stop us. us feeling altogether. Yeah, they distract us or they make us feel better for the moment or like there's lots of things that sure. goes into it. I mean, I think every single one of us on the planet has an emotional relationship with food. Sure. I think that God has designed food in that way for a good purpose. But the reality is I don't think there's anybody who hasn't had to sort of dive into that to some extent. Right. And I know for me when I feel the need to eat and I'm not hungry, I've gotten really good at identifying that. I'm still on a journey to then identify, okay, what emotion or what brought this up that I want to eat to to make it distract me, to make me feel better, whatever it is. And I can honestly say like I'm still on a journey because I can now identify that I want to do that, but being able to identify what's happening is not necessarily the easiest thing to do. Right. Yeah, I, I'll say it's even a little bit more complicated than that. It can go one level deeper because we can, let's say, feel lonely and we mm. don't like the feeling of feeling lonely. So we go to whether it be pornography or chocolate ice cream, right? Like we can go to something mm-hmm. to make us not feel lonely, but it, it in the moment it may feel good. But even while we're eating the chocolate ice cream or we're doing the other things that we shouldn't, like we know it, it's not going to 
and well. It's not like we're really deceiving ourselves. It's more mm-hmm. this fact that we have built up things to deal with shame. Mm. We we know what shame feels like. We mm-hmm. we can deal and kind of manage that. It, like we have these whole scripts around what do I do when I feel shame. What we don't have is a script around what do I do when I feel lonely. Mm. So we're avoiding the feeling of lonely by plopping on another emotion. See, I'm just mm. a bad person. I'm like that's why I'm lonely because I'm doing these things, right? Mm-hmm. And it it just kind of covers over all of what's what are real emotions there. Mm-hmm. And probably. For people, you know, figuring that out with food, like we said, well, you name chocolate ice cream. It could be the same thing. Absolutely. Loneliness. Because you can be in a room of people right. and still be lonely. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. So, you know, I think sometimes pushing yourself to actually try to get to, okay, there are these thoughts going on. What is it driving me to? Mm-hmm. Um, and and starting to, like Kate was just saying, ask the question, why? Um, and recognize some of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a couple of practical activities that you can do. Awesome. Um, And both of these, you know, if you want to try this out with your spouse, um, I think Mm -hmm. can be helpful in a process of actually learning emotions. And mm-hmm. and one is one of our listening activities. We we talk about this sometimes when you talk about how to actually listen well, which is something we don't do in marriage very well across the board. But if we can learn how to listen well to emotions, it mm-hmm. actually helps us to start to identify them in somebody else and in ourself. Mm-hmm. So this is just a very, very simple suggestion that while you're listening to your spouse, mm-hmm. you try to guess mm-hmm. what emotion they might be feeling. Hmm. And you simply, as, as you're done kind of listening to, to something that they're sharing, simply echo back to them something like, hey, you seem to be feeling frustrated because our kids did X, Y, Z, right? And you just kind of repeat <laughs> don't have any back practical to life experience with that no one. idea what that would be like. <laughs> like you seem to be feeling overwhelmed because of, you know, all the things that are on your to-do list or you seem to be right. And start to try and put an emotion word in that repeating back. Now mm-hmm. he- here's the reality. You may get it wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's perfectly okay. This is a learning process, right? This isn't about you mind reading your spouse and knowing exactly what they're feeling. It is more about you trying to identify emotion mm-hmm. and then put it out there in kind of this idea of you seem to be feeling mm-hmm. you know, overwhelmed. And your spouse may immediately just go, no, I'm not feeling overwhelmed. I'm just feeling you know, frustrated, or I'm just feeling pressed, you know, or, or mm-hmm. any different emotion word that's put in there. And in that kind of refinement process, you can start to hear and learn different emotions. Yeah. And I would add to that, like, obviously a conversation should happen before you try this sure, so that everybody's on board so that you know that, Hey, we're going to, we're going to try so that we can identify our own and each other's like, and make sure that the ground rules are kind of set because I think if you don't do that, that could set yourselves up for just conflict in a way because 
the other spouse may not understand what is going on. So it's important to do that. It's Mm -hmm. also possible to really not, not just do it in um, like what seemed like really heated emotions or really strong emotions, but to just to be able to do it in sort of every day. Sure. Like life, your spouse comes home and is talking about something at work or they stopped at the grocery store on the way home and this happened and you just being able to sort of like, push in a little yep. to to understanding what that what that is for, yeah, you, for yourself and for your spouse. Right. You know, somebody's talking about um, a meeting that didn't go well or something, just saying, wow, it seems like you're feeling neglected in that situation. Mm-hmm. You know, you may challenge them to think, well, no, it really wasn't that. I was just more feeling cut off from the from the conversation, right? You know, and you start to having a more emotional conversation mm-hmm. anyway, right? So I, I think this is just a part of practicing, practicing mm-hmm. what these emotions might feel like. And it really isn't about getting it right. Mm-hmm. And I think the practice is a really good thing, but I know like our teenagers, anytime we're like, oh, practice, you got to keep practicing. Uh, like you got to try it. You got to give it a try. Like that is not their favorite. So I'm sure there are lots of us adults out there who are also sure. like, Ugh. but the reality is it's like any muscle we use. And yes, so absolutely. you need to exercise it. And you being able to do that as an adult, if you have children in your lives, no matter what age they are, that is going to benefit them. Absolutely. That you are able to use your vocabulary and give it words and be able to share where you are. It helps people to understand. It helps people to come alongside of you. It just helps in general. Yeah. So. And uh, one other activity idea that you can can try out with your spouse is a lot of times if you can can't kind of figure out these emotions in the moment, it can be something that you go and pull up something like this emotion feeling chart. Um, that we have at aldrichministries.com slash resources. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a chart there. And um, pull it up and, and download it, stick it on your fridge, and then you know, once a week go to it and one of you pick an emotional word. Mm-hmm. And just pick an emotional word and both of you are going to tell a story about a time that you felt defensive right? Or a time that you felt excited, mm. right? And sometimes it is easier for us to identify emotions in our stories, in our past, mm-hmm. than it is in the moment. Yeah. But again, getting used to using that language and starting to thinking about things and going, okay, I, I think this is what I was feeling. I think this is, you know, from the past can mm-hmm. really help us to identify it now. What would you do if someone says, like, well, I don't even know how I'd identify that then if I can't identify it now? Yeah, I think there there is some clarity that happens in time, right? So I'm not talking about the event that just happened, you know, six weeks ago. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm somewhat going back to, hey, what was a time that you felt, you know, excited when you were a kid? can really, we can go back there. We can go and think about the time that I, you know, if I think about excited, okay, that Mm -hmm. time that I went to the amusement park or, you know, Mm -hmm. something like that, that 
pulls you back to those. Mm-hmm. I, I would also, if you're if you're going to start this, you're going to try this. I would start with some of those easier, easier, That's what I was thinking, yeah. quote unquote, positive emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, not that the negative ones are bad, but they're just harder stories, mm-hmm. right? But starting with thing time that you were exhilarated, times that you were excited, times that you felt cared for or mm-hmm. uh, you know those positive warm feelings mm-hmm. i think those are a little bit easier stories to sometimes develop to come up with mm-hmm. and then that may get us to that place of hey tell us a tell a story of a time that you feel felt left out mm-hmm. right all all of us all of us can go to something in our time in our history where we felt left out mm-hmm. could you at the moment say, oh man, I went through this experience and I felt left out. That's harder. Mm -hmm. But when we look backwards, sometimes it's easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So just trying to to kind of go back there and go into your stories, actually, it's a great way of growing intimacy together. Yeah. Um, But it's also just a place of starting to learn the emotional words and put them into our vocabulary. And as they're part of our vocabulary, the reality is they help to define how we're feeling them. It's it's not that they didn't exist before, but Mm -hmm. if we don't have the words and the vocabulary for them, Mm -hmm. we don't know what it is that we're feeling. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, those are really good. Like that. So, you know, try some of these things and try to grow in this place of emotions and emotional intimacy. And hopefully that will help you to to really start to connect together in mm-hmm. this area um, as you're journeying together. Yeah. It's really good. Great. So I hope that answered some of those questions. Yeah. Um, you know what? We would love to hear from you. You know, send us an email at help at stillbecomingone.com. We would love to hear. Do you have other questions for us? We would love to tackle those as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, we look forward to talking to you all soon. Have a great time as you are journeying to Still Become One. Still Becoming One is a production of Aldrich Ministries. For more information about Brad and Kate's coaching ministry, courses, and speaking opportunities, you can find us at aldrichministries.com. For podcast show notes and links to resources in all of our social media, be sure to visit us at stillbecomingone.com. And don't forget to like this episode wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us to continue your journey on Still Becoming One.